gonna joke our way out of hell with better buddies. Hello, and welcome back to Better Buddies. I'm your host, RJ. With us this week, it's Eli. Hello. Our Better Buddies icebreaker this week. What mildly annoying curse do you wish you could curse people with? My go-to has always been stubbing your toe. How come I thought I knew that? (laughs) I probably have cursed you at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, stubbing the toe's fine, but it's like, it's basic, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think for an actual, like, mild curse, I think it'd be the, uh, the, oh, it's the person on the other end of a held call picks up the phone just as you were about to hang up. Oh, like, no. you were about <laughs> to give up and hang up the phone, and that's when they pick it up and say hello. <laughs> Doctor's appointments, uh, bank calls, anything where they they have to put you on hold. When you need some tech support, like, they say, oh, <laughs> yeah. we're going to put you on hold. One moment, please. And they put you on hold, and you're sitting there, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. And it's like, an hour goes by, and you're like, all right, fuck this. And as you're going to hit the button, you hear them pick up and say, hello. <laughs> I feel like... I, it depends on the person, but I think a bad curse would have to be they'd have to do all exchanges by phone num- uh, phone calls instead of, like, text messages or emails. Ooh. Because I know people, including myself, hate talking over the phone. Yeah. Like, you can no longer send emails, you can't send text messages, oh, you can't do things. Emails. That'd be so yeah, annoying. you can't do things online, you have to call to do everything. I think that would actually die. That would kill me. Can you do text-to-speech? <laughs> No. Damn. <laughs> um, fuck, you can't put in passwords. <laughs> <laughs> it has to be phone calls. <laughs> okay, capital one, or capital T, uh, lowercase h, capital T, and you go on for like 25 letters. messages, and pe- <laughs> like, usernames and passwords are just messages to the machine to say who you are. <laughs> Oh god, calling Netflix. Oh man. <laughs> hey, it's me. <laughs> you better hope re- you never delete your cookies or you have to re-enter all your fucking passwords. See, that's not like that's not I almost want to redact it. That's not mildly annoying. That's life affecting. <laughs> <laughs> See, and I always loved this isn't mild curse, but I always just loved this curse I read one time when I was like a kid of uh I curse you, and my curse is for you to be what you already are. Basically implying that there is nothing worse than you. Oh, that's rough. <laughs> you are the worst thing in existence. Congratulations. Oh, no. <laughs> man, that's just, that, that cuts deep, man. Yeah. Although I could see people being like, okay, <laughs> just <Yeah>. going on. What's <laughs> uh, another like really mild one? I mean, I, uh, probably, I, I always go with uh, either the stubbing the toe or you always get a red light. Oh, I just thought of the, you always put your password wrong in the first time. 
<laughs> because I live with this curse. <laughs> you are currently living. Well, for whatever it's... reason, the fucking, like, my work password, for whatever fucking reason, like, eight times out of ten, I will put it in, and it will be wrong somehow. Despite yep. my trying to be careful and slow down with it. <laughs> and it's a password that, like, I should have down by now. Like, I've been wor- using, I've been working for a year. And I still fuck it up. <laughs> I think you can also do, uh, like, every time you try to create a new password, you always get the, you must not use an existing password, or mm. one you used before a message. That would drive me nuts. <laughs> oh, God, fuck that, I hate it. <laughs> I fucking hate it. Especially with shit that, like, yeah, I get it, it needs to be secure. But holy fucking shit, come on. <laughs> like seriously come the fuck on uh. yeah, starting off the episode on a good note yeah real good <laughs> optimistic <laughs> Ooh, what's a mild blessing what's well, like the opposite like you always get your password on the first try um or um oh this actually happens to my brother all the time, but for whatever reason, uh, restaurants always get his order wrong, so he always gets free food. Really? Yeah, it's a weird, like, quirk he has, but, like, he, th- just, anytime we go out, he doesn't even order complicated things. He'll order, like, a sandwich, and then the, they'll come out with, like, a hot dog, and he'd be like, oh, I want a sandwich. He's like, oh, sorry, here's the sandwich you wanted for free. It always, it happens to him way more times than it should. <laughs> Damn, that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, like, it, it's just, it's it baffles my family. We don't know why. Because, again, he doesn't order complicated things. <laughs> huh. Oh, see, and I, I was thinking, uh... Oh, shit, what was the one I was thinking? I was thinking, like, discount, right? Like, you just happen to always have that, like, 10% discount. Or, like, 5% discount. It's not a lot. Right. You don't even know why you have it. It's yeah. just like, oh, I, <laughs> like, like we've given to, you a... You go to the checkout counter and they're like, oh, we're doing a sale today, 10% off. Or you <laughs> you're, fill it you're, in on, you're buying on Amazon and you, like, a, there's a coupon little code pops up that's like, oh, insert this coupon for 5% off your order. Or, like, you're, you're a loyalty, like, member or whatever and you didn't even realize it. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's another um, one too. I was thinking of like food related. I can't remember what it was though. Well, well it's the classic. You always get like extra French fries or at oh, the, the bottom e- of the bag. The extra French fries is classic. One I was thinking of was toilet paper. Is always fresh. It's yeah. always a fresh roll. Fresh. You're the Charmin bears. Yeah. <laughs> you have to fight a bear, but you know you always have a fresh <laughs> roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Yeah, I just think of, like, I mean, I think of, like, most blessings you could probably give out are just, like, free stuff, you know? Well, ooh, you never step in a puddle deeper than your shoe. Oh, your socks never get wet. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that one. That's pretty good. <laughs> that is a good one. Um... Uh, because this just happened to me, your phone volume is always exactly what you want it to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the fiddle with it. Yeah, like, 
If you need it to be on silent mode, it's on silent mode. Vibrate, it's on vibrate. If you need it to be actually like going off alarms and things, it's loud enough. <laughs> I want like one more like curse. What do you want? One more curse? Yeah, I'm staring at my wall of books, and I feel like there's a book-related curse that you can mm. do. I mean, as someone who goes to used bookstores, I hate when like there's a ripped page. Oh, just like breaks my heart. Every oh, that's what it is. It's the turning page thing. Every book you own at some point, guaranteed, you will turn a page and it tears just that little bit. That's annoying as fuck. RJ, that is not a mild curse. That is a damned on my life. <laughs> well, you're a walking library, Eli, so you don't count. <laughs> you can't do that to me. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think it's a really good curse. Yeah, no, I, that's that's rough. It sounds like it's like a library book or something. Or oh, you, God, oh, or you a librarian. <laughs> you know, I, no, the worst would be if I bought someone's book. Like, I wouldn't follow books anymore, because I wouldn't want to... Oh, but if you're a wanna... librarian with that curse, and, like, every time you go to check out a book, you gotta, like, open the thing and scan it. <laughs> so if you open any of the pages on accident, there it goes. <laughs> oh, that'd be so annoying. <laughs> you get fired. <laughs> but you'd get a great new job as a shredder. <laughs> they don't pay well. <laughs> All right. Our next segment, Better Buddies Recommend, where we recommend a piece of media to enjoy. Would you like to start or shall I? I can start. I actually just finished my uh, rec Ooh. today. What was it? I, I started and finished it. Um, <gasps> so It's a graphic novel. Uh, <gasps> it is called The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza. This is giving me really heavy lol random internet vibes. And you're on thin ice, Eli. Okay, so the book is called The First Cat in Space Ate Pizza. It's written by Mac Barnett and illustrated by Sean Harris. Okay. And it is it is about a cat uh who a cat who goes to space and has to save the moon from being eaten by rats. And and he teams up with the moon princess and a robot who <laughs> His his only purpose is to clip toenails. <laughs> Bear with me. Bear with me. It was really great. <laughs> so, uh, did you ever read uh, Captain Underpants? Yes. Is it so, in that sense of humor styling? Yes. It's very okay. much a, a goofy, silly, self-aware children's graphic book, uh, novel. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm yeah. more on board with this now because that was one of the no. things I did like about Captain Underpants was that like, yeah, it was dumb toilet humor, but also like the teacher names are all really clever, various words for awful. And yeah, like, <laughs> like the so with this book, there's like the, the premise is super goofy, but there's so much clever writing in it yeah. with like the jokes. Um, Lots of non sequiturs and absurdist humor that caught me off guard. That really got like a. I got some hearty chuckles out of this book, RJ. <laughs> a hearty chuckle. A hearty chuckle. You know my hearty chuckles. It's not even I a do. snort. It's not a laugh. It's a hearty <laughs> chuckle. 
no, but like I know it, it's you know it's very much a children's you know a, would it be, a goofy. Would it be fair of me to say that when texting someone about a joke you read in the book, you would not only say "lol," you would say "I actually laughed at this." <laughs> no, there's some jokes that are actually clever, like. Yeah. But, like, I, I know by saying the title, it's kind of like, okay, what is this? But it's actually just a really clever, very goofy, very now, absurdist... Now, Eli, I need uh, to stop you for a moment. If the cat is in space, presumably it is in a space suit. Yes. And in that instance, how would it, in fact, eat the pizza? Well, it takes the helmet off and eats the but pizza. But one cannot breathe in space without their helmet. I don't understand. Right, why? What are you? What's tripping you up, RJ? The, the cat would die should it remove its helmet. What are you talking space. about? What are you talking about? <laughs> See, this is the, this is the kind of humor, though. Like it is so self-aware. It's so aware of how silly and goofy it is that it makes it so endearing and enjoyable. Um, is it more like, the tone I, of like someone points us out and they just go, "Okay," and. <laughs> No, no, they roll with it. Like, they're very committed to the bit, and the writing is just super clever. I'm a big fan of... So, like, I, 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 I'm trying to get into the children's book uh, the children's book business. Yeah. And so I've been reading lots of children's literature, and the writer for this book, Mac Barnett, he's one of my favorites because his books are so cleverly absurd that I think anybody of any age can enjoy them. Neat. Yeah, um, there's this recurring character who, who really wanted to be the sidekick, um, so he keeps trying to show up, but like a literal curtain arrives <laughs> and he goes like, behind him. So there's all these like running gags that you think are over, but they they hits you like that that extra time you weren't expecting it, and it it it's very like like I said, it's very clever in ways you wouldn't expect. Like I know it's a hard sell for someone, uh, you know, because it is a children's graphic novel, a very goofy graphic novel. But I think there's a lot to enjoy yeah. from anybody who's 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 willing to like abandon their adult sensibilities and just embrace the goofy children's humor. Well, and I think it, you brought up a really great point a little bit earlier of like it's absurdist and funny in a way that is appealing to anyone who is willing to, like, give it a shot. And I think it's a really important thing about good children's literature is it's it's gotta be tolerable for the parents to read it. Oh, yeah. Like, at the bare minimum, it has to be tolerable, but all the better if the parents enjoy it, too. Yeah, like, I think, I think it's equal parts, like, you have, you have, you know, oh, it's a cat in space eating pizza. Like, that's silly, but, like the book is smart enough to know that and is able to sneak in jokes that would entertain both adults and children. Um, it, like, and, and the art style, I didn't even talk about the art style before, so the illustrator is Sean Harris, and it has this very loose and exaggerated, almost like childhood scribble design. Okay. So it, it, almost, it almost looks like a children, a very talented children drew it, and I mean that in the best way possible. Like, some of the designs, it's just so, like... It's just so fun, and, and like it adds to the exaggerated, whimsical style of the story. Uh, it's it's one of those great. That's why I loved Captain Underpants growing up, and what inspired uh, inspired me to illustrate my own stuff was that uh, Captain Underpants was approachable in its designs. There, there I were even sections on Google, and I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, it's very round. It's almost it almost has like a crayon coloring design. And, uh, you know, the characters often go off model, which means that their heads get, like, bigger when they're shouting or they get smaller when they're scared. It, it, it's it's almost this kinetic energy that really feeds into the dialogue and 
and story beats. And that's something, so there's actually a bunch of stuff outside the book that's great too. The artist and the and author, they made their own album and put it on Spotify you can listen to while reading. <laughs> and they sing, they sing the original songs. <laughs> and they they created, uh, on the website, you can join the, the first Cat in Space Society, where you can print out, like, membership cards. <laughs> uh, now, to get a quote from Dave Pilkey... Creator of Captain Underpants, ridiculously fun. Yeah, exactly. And you, you can see a bunch of reviews too of who, you know, it's it's a very like like I said, it's super goofy, but it's like smart goofy. It's credible goofy. It's not just yeah. like like you said, lol, random internet humor. It's not that. It's it's like I, there's this one panel in a picture where the cat is gonna take is offered to take the first slice, first cat, and there's anchovies on half, and he grabs the. It's literally three panels of his hand moving to grab the slice. He grabs the slice. He picks up the slice. He's about to put it in his mouth as the robot says, Oh, bliss. And there is a crash as a drill comes through the wall and everybody goes flying. Oh my god. It's some of the most clever panel work I've seen in, in the comedy comic. Like, the, the the jokes are delivered not just with the dialogue, but with the literal panels. Like, it, it the punchlines are so great in this book. Yeah, this, actually, this looks really fun. No, I, like, I, I firmly recommend, even as someone, you know, I do read children's literature, um, not only because I want to get into the field, but also I enjoy it. Like, yeah. the, the best part is finding those books that are, like, that tap into that childhood, uh, enjoyment, but also cerebrally I can enjoy it as an adult, and this one, <laughs> it almost has, like, a full circle of, like, this is, pirate. that's Captain, <laughs> that's Captain Baby Beard. <laughs> Bunnies, surrender your gold or prepare to be sunk. RJ, it is. I I full heartedly recommend this book to anybody. If if you can just abandon your adult serious tendencies yeah. and and embrace the whimsy, this this is a great book. I recommend it. The first cat in space ate pizza. It's very easy to find. <laughs> well, my recommendation follows the comedy trend. But it's a show. It is also very absurd. Uh, it's Kunk on Earth. Which... It, good lord. It is... it is. It's British humor, Eli. What, what is it called? Kunk on Earth? C-U-N-K. It's the name of the fictional uh, documentary presenter. Uh, it's... I don't know... I gotta, I'd have to look up her actual name. But she's a British comedian who is playing the part of Sophia Kunk, C-U-N-K, and she is the narrator presenter for this documentary about the history of Earth. And it is so fucking British, it absurdist. It's it killed me. Like I put it on because yesterday because I need something to watch. I was just like, yeah, fuck it. I'm getting ads for this. Let's put it on. Whatever. And I was laughing consistently throughout the entire thing it's like 20 30 minute episode uh, there's like five or six episodes i'm only on episode two but like they're talking about early man and of course there's like the segments where you interview the experts right yeah and her the questions she has for the experts are so fucking stupid it's funny <laughs> like she's inter she's discussing early man and is talking to an expert on early man and straight up just asks the question of, so did 
early humans invent things with their front legs or their back legs? Because they were walking around on all fours, so, so was it the front legs or the back legs that they did the inventing with? <laughs> <laughs> and the expert is and like the experts are not briefed right like they, they no. walk that very fine line of indulging without it coming across as like they're playing into it like yeah. they know what's going on so he's just like um well they didn't they didn't walk on <laughs> the early humans didn't walk on all fours uh they they, they walked up right like we did so they would use i, I would say their front legs uh, that, that we now call arms and, and hands Oh, right, right. Okay. That's or, really funny. Yeah. Or, like, they do they do the on-scene sight of, like, she's walking into a cave, and she's like, I'm entering this cave, not by accident or because I'm a wolf, but to look at cave art. <laughs> it almost sounds like a parody of those, like... Yeah, it's absolutely a parody with actual factual information in, sprinkled in. <laughs> That's really funny. Uh, like, they're looking at the cave art, and... She's got a flashlight pointed at it, and she's like, early humans painted with whatever they could find that was around them. Don't worry, it gets better. <laughs> <laughs> so she, it almost sounds, it almost, yeah, she just sounds like she's, like, like, on a different. It's like if Monty Python did a documentary. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, it very, like, sounds, you hear British and absurdism, the first thought is, like, Monty Python. It really is, because then, like, when they're talking about the cave paintings with the expert, she's like, so has there ever been a cave painting that they made a feature film out of? And he's like, well, it'd be, it'd be tough to get a full hour and a half film out of a single panel of a cave painting. Well, but like, was there ever one that, that we saw it and we're just like, we got to get Sp Steven Spielberg on that. <laughs> it almost sounds like a Sasha Baron Cohen like movie. Kind of. From what I know of Sasha Baron Cohen, kind of. Where, where he, like, plays a character and interacts with real people, and, the, yeah. and like, you see, you see real people interact with them. <laughs> but it's never, like, to make that come across as stupid, it's just to make the character come across as stupid, you know? Yeah, yeah, right, right. I, I really like that, because, yeah, I'm not, like, I, I, I appreciate Sasha Baron Cohen's work, but, like, it's a bit too, like, mean. awkward for me. Yet. Yeah, awkward and mean it's, sometimes. It, yeah. But but this sounds very much more up my speed. Oh yeah, and, like there's a later when they finally get around to the Romans and they're discussing philosophy, and she's like they've got a room full of busts of different philosophers and she's like ah yes Aristotle Aristotle, uh or Plato or whatever it was I think maybe it was Plato, uh Plato, if he were around today, his his brain would still be thinking up philosophical thoughts and. And she's, like, pointing at the head and the statue of this, like, bust of him. And if we held a microphone up to his brain, what would we hear? I don't know. No one on our team, no no one on our production team speaks Greek. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, you said this is on Netflix? Yeah, it's on Netflix. <laughs> I might have to watch that. It's so funny. Like, and again, this is, this is basically just episode one. <laughs> Like, haven't gotten to any of the others yet. I started episode two, which episode two begins with religion. And, like, starts with, oh, the the Romans all got turned around when Jesus Christ showed up. Uh, like, and she's talking to an expert on Christ and his crucifixion. And she says, like, so would you say that Jesus Christ was the first victim of celebrity cancel culture? 
And the expert's like, well, um, in order to have cancel, like be canceled by cancel culture, you, you have to, they have to not believe what you were saying. And, and she says, no, no, no. I mean, would you say that for the camera? Right, right, right down there? Right, right at that camera. Uh, this, the expert's like, what? Oh, well, we're, this is the part we're getting where we do the sound bites that we montage at the beginning. Can you, just yeah, right down there, right to that camera. <laughs> it's so, yeah. I, I will add that to my list. <laughs> I can't wait to see what the rest of the. I don't even know what the rest of the episodes are. Right, like I did not look. <laughs> what I'm going to pull up what the topics are. Oh my god, it's a. There's more. Hang on. Because not only is there Kunk on Earth, there's Kunk on Britain. <laughs> a 2018 mockumentary. <laughs> Diane Morgan stars as Philomena Kunk, who knows absolutely nothing about anything, but that does not stop her from attempting to present a groundbreaking, groundbreaking documentary about it. <laughs> That's such a great concept. <laughs> oh my god. And then... The On Earth one is on Netflix. There are... I want to know what Diane, what else Diane Morgan was on. Because she's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, five episodes. The beginnings. And then episode four is Rise of the Machines. Oh, no. <laughs> so there's... In the beginnings is episode one. Episode 2 is Faith Off. <laughs> uh, episode 3 is The Renaissance Will Not Be Televised. <laughs> episode 4 is Rise of the Machines. And Episode 5 is War, parentheses, S, parentheses, of the World, parentheses, S, parentheses, question mark. <laughs> oh, this, is a, this just sounds like... I feel like it's the same energy as uh, the, the first Cat in Space ate pizza, where it goes so dumb it becomes clever. Yeah, basically. <laughs> It really does. <laughs> um, and I'm trying to look for... She's known for the Mandy TV series. Don't know what that is. Me Before You. Alan Partridge. Death to 2020. That's about it. Okay. Uh, oh, wait. Um, Motherland. Oliver Twist. She's in The Sandman. What? She's in The Sandman. Hey. What? Oh, she's the voice of the Griffin. Got it. Um, she's got another ep- series called Kunk and Other Humans on 2019. <laughs> Jeez. To look at the historic December general election. Six episodes. What? Oh, it's one episode, but point one, point two, point three, point four, point five, and point six. <laughs> Good lord. But yeah, it's she's just so funny. It's so well written. Yeah, I'm excited to add that to the list. She asks an expert on Greek philosophers. Uh, she starts going off about how uh, Aristotle once said to dance like nobody's watching. And I, I really relate to that. Because when I'm conducting interviews with these experts that are so much smarter than me, it's intimidating and scary. But then I think of dance like no one's watching. And it gives me the confidence to dance like no one's watching. <laughs> And and the expert is trying to be so nice, and they're just like, "No, I don't, I don't think Aristotle ever said anything about dancing. Uh, he, he may have had a 
quote about confidence? And she's like, he ne- he didn't say dance like no one's watching? No, I don't I don't think so. And she just goes silent. <laughs> like you can feel the pressure and anxiety in her as she realizes in talking about how she gets afraid of talking with these experts, she has just gotten told how wrong she is by an expert. <laughs> Oh, that's really, that's super, that's very funny. <laughs> oh, so good. Or like, again, the religion episode, they're talking about, uh, they're walking through ruins, or not the religion episode, the first episode, they're talking through, like, about the birth of civilization and, like, the first city, and she's walking through ruins that are clearly not the first city because it's still fucking Britain. And she straight up says, right. like, these are not the first ruins. Uh, those are in Iraq, which is a dangerous fucking place. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Kunk on Earth. Alright. What do you want to do next? We got two options. We can do the rework, rewrite, where we come up with a story pitch. Or we can do be a better buddy or give some real and some humorous advice. RJ, I love these rewrites. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm always down to do more of these. <laughs> well, fuck, now I have to come up with an idea. <laughs> oh, wait, hang on. Oh, actually, I have an idea if you if you don't mind me taking the reins I, on I this don't, one. But before we do, I do want to throw a question out there that I need to get your thoughts and opinions on. Yes. Uh, pick a movie or show. One person is human. The rest are Muppets. Oh, I've been thinking a lot about this. Uh... No, I want to. There's so. I want to throw so many... you. Dennis yeah. Villeneuve's Dune, and the only human <laughs> is Paul's father. Is <laughs> 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 Oscar Isaac? That that's good. I think if I had to do Dune, I would make. Uh, I would do uh, Timothy Chalamet. No, oh, I'd do no, Timothy never, Chalamet. Never, <laughs> never, Paul. Paul is always a Muppet. No, but to me, it's funnier having, like, a character who is throughout the movie, so there's more Muppets for them to interact with. Oh, but even, then, then his mom, at least. Make it Jessica. <laughs> because it's so much better to have Paul the Muppet leading society. <laughs> oh, right, yeah, you could do, uh, the Baron Harkonnen. Imagine yeah. him murdering Washington <laughs> U.A. But yeah, that we we went off on Dune when I brought that up to last or also <laughs> last week. We uh we went off on um Schindler's List. Oh no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh no. But just imagine uh, Liam Neeson being the only human, you know? <laughs> See, my gut reaction to that question is knives out. Oh uh, god. Daniel Craig. Because the the humor the the fun thing in that movie is that like it's Daniel Craig walking into this dysfunctional family mystery, and I think that stranger All effect would even Muppets. Yeah, even funnier. <laughs> okay, I do want to pitch one thing to you. A lot of the evidence is from like the people getting mud on from like stepping in the window and stuff. Is it funnier if Marta's the human, so that like the foot <laughs> sizes are just so radically different? <laughs> you get confused as to who was at the window <laughs> I think either Daniel Craig or Ana de Armas but either one I think that's really good yeah. uh, man like yeah I think I think my answer would be nice out but there's so many good examples to choose from 
All right, I just wanted to run that one past you because I thought you'd appreciate it. No, it's it's one of my favorite hypotheticals. <laughs> uh, uh, movie idea, what do you got? So I was actually working on this with some friends. We I, I mentioned it as a joke, and we spent the whole night talking about it. Oh, no. Uh, because you always hear someone make a joke, and they say... You know, they say a, a dark joke, and they're like, huh, I'm going to hell for this. But what if they actually did? So <laughs> I came up with the idea of a comedian who goes, who goes to comedian hell. <laughs> comedian hell, oh my god. Oh my god, I'm just picturing now. It's just Dante's Inferno, but for comedy. It's literally no, exactly. the divine comedy. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, so like the idea I had was this comic... Um, he 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 basically uh is trying to get big and he he says some like you know his, his regular he's trying to be a wholesome comedian but it's not working out so he just hard pivots and becomes kind of this like douchey um he a uh, controversial comedian you know he says a lot of dark things to get you know it's not inherently funny but it's like Ooh. uh reactive yeah. and so and so he dies and he goes into the divine comedy club <laughs> now title i do want to pick uh pitch this one at you the divine comic divine comic divine comedy mm-hmm. um but i like the divine comedy club um and so and so the idea was that he, he goes into the divine comedy club which is basically limbo yeah and there's there's a competition to see the funniest comic in hell and he enters the competition where he has to get more and more depraved to go down each level of hell until he finally gets to the lowest one and does a one-on-one show with lucifer to, That's to be good. the yeah to be the greatest comic in hell <laughs> see and i almost wanted it to be like my gut reaction as you were describing it initially was like he was trying to be this really like clean comic and was struggling to make it but i almost imagined it being like he makes a joke and it doesn't land he's like i'm going to hell for that one and then he does <laughs> <laughs> because the worst level of uh, hell is self-deprecation. <laughs> like, so much of being a comic is, like, you, yeah, you hate yourself and, like, struggle with positive image, but you don't fucking tell people. <laughs> you have to control the stage. That's, that's, that's good. See, my, uh, when I was workshopping this, I thought, that the comedian thinks that he's going to hell because he said something dark, but in reality, he went to hell and he doesn't realize this. He went to hell because the dark joke he said was about like a close friend's like deceased relative or something. And he went to hell. He went to hell because he betrayed his friend. Oh, so that's his like spiritual journey to realize. Mm. I I struggle with that though. Like, I I feel like we want to pivot back towards more of an actual biblical sin, you know? Mm. Well, uh, so this, this is why I, I decided not to ha- include any biblical things because this is comedy hell, not religious hell. <laughs> yeah, because when I was looking up all the like divine comedy circles, there was one for heresy, which is literally just like uh, blaspheming against religion. And I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to do that. <laughs> so, so I made the caveat: this is comedian hell. <laughs> okay. But, hear me out, even if we stay away from the religious part, I feel like it needs to be something like, punch, a little, just like a tad worse, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Like, 
Oh, see, now I had the thought of he tells a joke and it actually drives someone, like, to a severe depression. That's too dark. It's too dark. <laughs> um, well, because I think the lowest level hell is betrayal. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh. Or, um, so that's because, like, uh, at the lowest circle of hell, I think it's Judas, uh, Brutus, and one of the other Caesar conspirators. And it's just those three because they betrayed their benefactor. Um, uh, hang on, I'm looking at the divine Dante's Inferno, the Divine Comedy, the Nine Circles of Hell. Give me the list. Just give me the list. Wikipedia. I don't need the goddamn explanation of all of them. I just need the list. Panders and seducers. What? No. <laughs> Sorcerers. What? Yeah, they're. It, there's like sub lists with each uh each level. <laughs> it's a whole thing. It really is. Um, center of hell. Oh, oh wait. Center of hell is condemned for committing the ultimate sin. Personal treachery against God is the devil. And then yeah, yeah. Judas Iscariot traitors the Lord. Tolomia, Tolomi. And then. Canto, the ninth circle of hell, treachery against those with whom they had special relationships. Oh, what if joke theft? He stole his buddy's jokes. Yeah, so this is what I was thinking was like each circle has a different theme, right? So like the circle of lust are like, you know, blue comedy comedians, the ones who are super raunchy. Um, the glutton comedian circle is for the ones who like were party animals who did all the drugs and stuff. Um, yeah. but then like, but then the circle of greed, those are the joke stealers. Mm, I, I would, I, I would, I think you push the joke theft to be the ninth circle, the last one, cause it's betrayal, right? Mm-hmm. And then the greed is the people who sell out and like get other people right. to write joke. Like they pay it out for other people to write for them. It's like okay. the late night talk show hosts, you know, like the, yeah, where they, people consider them funny and once upon a time they were, but their corp, their greed got the better of them. They sold out and now they just read stuff other people write. Right. And, and when I was workshopping this, I, I got rid of the uh, heresy and violence circles because heresy was like. Violence is slapstick. The- Oh, that's actually really good. Well, I, I thought of combining wrath uh, and violence together, but I like that slapstick. Why would that be the seventh, though? <laughs> that's like really bad. Have you seen slapstick comedy? I love slapstick comedy. So do I. It doesn't work in person anymore, though. One idea I had was like, uh, if this hypothetical, because the idea I, in my brain was like a movie or like a, a TV show is have like famous comedians play like the ringleaders. Yeah. So have like, have Bill Burr be the circle of wrath. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. It's just rant comedians. Yeah. <laughs> and in my brain, like the final boss of Lucifer, I imagine as, um, as Dave Chappelle, because uh, he smokes a lot when he's on stage. <laughs> so I just imagine him playing Lucifer surrounded by all the smoke. God, the funny thing is we were talking about this at lunch. Like, literally, Bill Burr and Dave Chappelle were part of our topics for lunch conversation today. <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so this was the thing I was struggling with my friends, and I think we are right now, is, like, what's kind of the main character's journey? What are they getting out yeah. of, like, going down, trying to get to, like, 
because essentially they're entering this comedy competition to go further into hell to like is it to prove is it to prove themselves that they are the best or to like escape hell why does dante go to go down to hell uh to rescue his wife he goes to rescue his wife so and he voluntarily go travels through yes So what if, I don't know why I'm tying so far to the Divine Comedy, but it's, uh, he's got to redeem himself, right? Like, our our main character's journey is to redeem himself. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. He ends up uh, needing to win his way through this comedy club, the layers of a comedy club hell, but he tries to win using the comedy style he had and like he barely gets by the first layer. Yeah. But as he moves through, instead of getting worse, he becomes a clean comic. He <laughs> regains his clean comic roots <laughs> because it's, it's that it's the, um, like it's the f- idea that swear words aren't inherently funny, right? Like you yeah. can't just throw the word fuck in there and it suddenly makes a sentence funny. So, as he continues, he runs into some of the, like, the Bill Burr, where Bill Burr is funny, but if you take away, like, a couple of the little comments and a little bit of it, it's just a guy being mad. Yeah. (laughs) He's just mad. What's funny about that? It's funny because it makes it funny. Yeah, you you and I are on the same page then, because I imagined at the very bottom circle, Lucifer is like, "So you've made it." Like, I know you. I know that it would be a one-on-one show, but I want to invite someone else to watch. And he goes, "God, come here!" <laughs> oh, hang on. Restructure the scene. They're standing on the stage. Like he gets through the final one and steps through the doorway, thinking he's like going to enter into a room to like talk with the devil. And he actually steps out onto a stage, and the devil is standing on the stage with him. And the devil's doing the introductions of, like, and now for our next act, we have Joe Schmo. But before we get started, we have a very special guest in the audience tonight. Everybody give a big hand for God himself, the big man upstairs, leader of heaven. <laughs> it's always a pleasure to have you down here, God. <laughs> yeah, and, and then, like, because in the head, the, the main character, he kept getting more depraved to get further down um, into each into each circle but then at the very end he has to go all the way back to being clean you know what i mean yeah because <laughs> like it, it's 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 one because it, it's interesting to me when a character loses loses part of themselves to like get further in their goals mm. and so i imagine this main character you know you know they, they said like whatever joke got them in the hell they didn't really mean it they just said it to like to try and get laughs you yeah. know um and they feel really bad about it but they think to get further now. So this is why I imagine like the winner of this comedy competition gets a second chance at, at life. And so mm. the main character is like, I have to like win this competition so I can Ooh. go back and, and apologize to my friend that I betrayed. Is it too much to add on there also that his wife was pregnant? <laughs> why? <laughs> I don't know. I just thought it'd be added. That is, you've just described like every television program for decades. We're like, <laughs> well, well Pregnant wife. Look. <laughs> we don't know what to do. The, most, uh, pregnant wife. <laughs> the fastest way to add drama to somebody dying or almost dead is to give them a pregnant wife. <laughs> I, in my head, I imagine, like, 
in my head, I imagined like a struggling millennial comic. So, and okay. I did, I didn't picture like a, he, a. Okay, wait, I got it. He was a dog dad. Oh what? No! <laughs> oh. He's got to go back for his boy. Yeah, like he was, he was just a total dog dad. Like one of those people who straight up treated their dog like a child. So, yeah, and, and then through the entire thing, he's got references to his son or like his daughter or whatever. God. He's like, I got my daughter. I got to get back for my daughter. And then he comes back to life and you see like his parents are staying there with the dog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it definitely is more interesting uh, having the main character get a chance at like returning back to life and so that's why he is trying to go through because like you you read about like stage comics it's a stressful job yeah <laughs> and like he, he probably sees all of these comedians in different hells and that's why i imagine like the first couple circles are like raunchy comedians but the the lower in the circles he gets he sees like oh no these are like bad. they're not in here for their jokes they're in here because they did bad things yeah <laughs> Can he be in the emergent, like the intensive care unit because he got hit by a pillow truck? Pillow truck. <laughs> in my brain, I, I did the, I, the piano fell on him because I was like, "That's so stupid and cliche." <laughs> it's got to be. A, it's got. I think that's how he like gets horrifically injured. Is some slapstick unintentional? Yeah, exactly. The, the piano falls, or he <laughs> literally doesn't see the manhole. <laughs> <laughs> like me like i would be so interested in writing this but the issue is like i would have to make i would basically have to write like at the, at the very least nine good stand-up routines <laughs> so i think here's what you would have to do right you would have to find your nine or ten comics that play the different levels as well as the comic who plays your main character and they write their own routines Right. Yeah, that's like, what I was saying. They are the writer's room. Exactly, because like I, I, I would not put it upon myself to write that many good no. jokes. <laughs> like I couldn't even write one. And writing <laughs> exactly. sense is some of the hardest comedy writing. Especially like I, like I, in my head, I was like, oh, maybe I could turn this into a book, but I think it would have to be a visual, a visual media, because that's where stand-up comedy is. Yeah, that, that's literally stand-up. It's a visual medium. I could see trying to do it as a book, but it just wouldn't land in the same yeah. way, you know? Like, I feel like comedic books are never just comedies mm-hmm. because of, like you're saying, it's a, such a visual medium. Like, there are funny moments in books. Like, you can get the, again, going back to Captain Underpants, like, Captain Underpants was funny, <laughs> but it also had the illustrations and it was also a superhero book that was funny. Yeah, it, it what you like? You can't just write a stand-up set and publish it. Well, also this 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 story is an ode to stand-up comedy, so you, you definitely yeah. want that. So I think in my brain, I think uh, a show, you know, like a ten-episode Netflix series would probably be. And it's definitely a dramedy, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> I also think it's something we want to keep like kind of nice and tight. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that's. That's how we pitch it. We pitch it as a comedy miniseries, but it's a series of stand-up specials. <laughs> That's really good. I like that a lot. We pitch it as a set of like 
10 stand-up specials. And then similar to the way how, like, some of the Netflix stand-up specials have, like, setups or, like, they're getting into the comedy club. They sh- they film them entering the comedy club, that kind of stuff. Or they film them entering the theater. Because I think there's, like, a John Mulaney one or something. Or, like, a couple of the different, like, stand-up specials Netflix has put out where they straight up have, like, they're following them through the back rooms as they're, like, getting out to the stage and about to, like, go on. And so that's where you do the setup of... The first episode is the setup of, like, here's our comic, and he gives a set, says the thing, gets hit by the truck, dies, walks into hell, the Divine Comedy Club, and is in the first layer of hell and sees our next comic. And then episode two is, alright, here's our here's the co- stand-up set from our next comic. Oh, God. <laughs> and they'll I do, like, a stand-up set, and then the, like, last 10, 15 minutes is the little, like, joke battle. And the audience, the quote, audience, quote unquote, decides who wins. Like interactive? <laughs> no, I, fake interactive. Oh, right, right, right. In terms of the story, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. That's, I didn't even occur to me to have like a large chunks of the episode be the stand-up. <laughs> I might as well, right? Because like I, I feel like so much of the narrative is relatively thin in terms of everything else. Like the Divine Comedy is a poem. It's just straight up a poem. It's not even a story. And so, as far as I am aware, while it's a very interesting take on hell and who would be in the different layers of hell and what the different layers of hell would be, it's not necessarily, like, the most narrative-heavy. It's really just like, alright, we're in this layer, and here are these people, and they're down here for this, and here's the punishment they're facing. On we go to the next one. Right. So I think to have it be, like, a series of stand-up specials with a narrative... (laughs) <laughs> I, like that. I like that a lot it also that is less writing for me because i make the comics to all of it yeah <laughs> and it gets back to that having the writer's room just be the comics <laughs> no I th- yeah i think I, I genuinely think this is a really fun idea what comics like we got bill burr we've got dave Chappelle. are there any other comics we're like oh we want that name brand one oh that's uh I almost so is there is there a pride layer? Um, if you don't know, uh, no, no, no. You're thinking you're thinking of like the seven deadly sins. Oh right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. So I put Seinfeld in there. No, Seinfeld's the limbo one. Mm. He's like the base. <laughs> there we go. He's the bouncer. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's just tough because I'm not sure. Like, obviously, Bill Burr. You know, get him in the Wrath one. Um, Lust. Uh, there's so many like comics who do like sex jokes and things like that. Yeah. Like, it, it's not like I'm just trying to think of. I feel like I want Pat Oswald in there somewhere. I know, right? And Ben, ben <laughs> Schwartz. I want those two. I don't know where, but I want them. <laughs> that'd be so fun to have like cameos and stuff yeah <laughs> um see in my head i wanted uh god to be played by maria bamford why i don't recognize the name she she's great <laughs> um maria bamford american actress and stand-up comedian what was she in um... yeah a bunch of stand-ups i've never seen her like at the very least, I've noticed her in movies, but I've liked her stand-up a lot. The comedians of comedy. 
Hey. <laughs> oh no, she wasn't talking Tom and friends. Oh dear. I mean, it's a paying gig, but come on. <laughs> um, no, it, it was either her as God or Jim Gaffigan as She's God. A <laughs> And she was in Arrested Development. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would either have her be God or uh, Jim Gaffigan. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> I love. He's one of my favorites. I gotta pull him up. Was he in? What's he done? What do I? What would I know that I would go? Ah, yes, I like that. Um. Again, I I know him mostly from his stand-up routines. Yeah. I just don't watch a lot of stand-up routines. That's my problem. <laughs> I, catch, I catch a few. Um, Jared Carmichael is really great. Um, Liza Schlesinger. Mm. Oh, she'd be a great lust. To me. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen a couple of her stand-up specials from uh, Netflix. But yeah, I think we got something here. I, I think it's a great idea. I really want, I just really want this now. Like, man. <laughs> a, a, like, nine or ten episode series of comedy specials that ends with Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I mean, that'd be a lot. That, that, Netflix would have to increase their, like, their price to get all those people together. <laughs> now you just made me mad about Inside Job getting cancelled. <laughs> I fucking hate Netflix's current methodology of if it's not an insanely viral pop hit within episode one, we're fucking canceling it. Well, I think you could almost have the episodes be like just 30 minutes. Oh, I was thinking like 20. <laughs> <laughs> like, it does not need to be long episodes. But, I mean, yeah. Like, I mean, we write the script, we send it out, see what happens. <laughs> yeah. Damn. Anyway, yeah, I'm, I'm happy you're receptive. I, I was really I'm happy with this very idea. Very receptive. It's a very good idea. I yeah, specific... want, like, I'm trying to think of other like famous... Where's Charlie Chaplin? We gotta get a Charlie Chaplin lookalike in there somewhere. Well, again, this is comedy hell. There's also comedian heaven. There we go. <laughs> it's the final battle. You look out across the crowd... And you've got God. You've got Charlie Chaplin. You've got all the comics from the previous episodes are there. Like, they're the audience. <laughs> the ultimate challenge, make a comedian laugh. <laughs> Which isn't actually that challenging. <laughs> cool. I think that's us for the week, then. Yes. Thank you so much, RJ, for having me on. Yeah, thanks for joining, Eli. It was great having you. We had we had some good laughs, some good ideas. <laughs> Thank you to the band Problem of Interest for letting us use the song Living in the Moment off the album Cross Off Yesterday. You can find them on iTunes and Spotify. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. We're also on social media. Our Facebook is Better Buddies. We post Meme Mondays and our episode links. Our Twitter account is at BetterBudCast. Use the hashtag BetterBuddies when you tweet about the show. And our Gmail account is BetterBuddiesCast at gmail.com. You can send us fan art, hate art, fan mail, hate mail, declarations of love and or war, icebreakers you want us to talk about, questions you need advice on, or story ideas you want us to elaborate on. Last but not least, be a better buddy.
Chartreuse, if that's your real name. How'd you know? <laughs> I, knew, I knew you, John Chartreuse. Please, John Chartreuse is my father. Call me Charles. <laughs> Charles Chartreuse. <laughs>